lots of holes out there this morning, lots of uh, folks missing, and uh, it's that time of year, uh, but we're thankful that we can be together, thankful that, uh, that God has given us this opportunity to be together to worship Him. Hope you keep your Bibles to the 63rd Psalm. We're going to look at it extensively tonight, this morning, beginning of verse 6. In Bible times, the nights were broken up into watches. Watches were periods of time when a sentinel or a guard was going to be on duty to protect a camp or a city. For thousands of years, nights have been a time when we needed to be on guard. In Psalm 90, verse 4, Psalm 90, verse 4, the psalmist writes, For a thousand years are in your sight, uh, are in your sight like yesterday when it is past, and like a watch in the night. Watch in the night. Nights were times when we had watches. In the Old Testament, it appears that there were three watches of the night. Three watches, likely the 12-hour period of darkness, broken up into four-hour watch periods. The first of those was mentioned in Lamentations chapter 2. talks about the first watch of the night. Lamentations chapter 2, verse 19 Arise, cry out in the night at the beginning of the watches. So the first watch, pour out your heart like water before the face of the Lord. Lift up your hands toward him for the life of your young children who faint from hunger at the head of every street. And so that's talking about the first watch in the Old Testament. The second watch is mentioned in Judges chapter 7, verse 9. At the beginning of the middle watch, and the, and the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch. Well, you don't have a middle unless you have an odd number. And so it looks like in the Old Testament there were three watch periods in the Old Testament. This is the middle watch. And then the last one is mentioned in 1 Samuel chapter 11, verse 11, talking about the morning watch, which would be then that third watch. So it was on the next day that Saul put the people in three companies and it came into the midst of the camp in the morning watch. And so you have the first, second, and third watches. It looks like there were three watches in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, there were definitely four watches because we know this in Matthew 14, verse 25. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. There were four watches in the New Testament. It appears that the Romans at that time had four periods of watch, which would be a three-hour, roughly a three-hour period of time in the, in the, in the New Testament. In, my, in Mark chapter 13, verse 15, we perhaps have a representation of the four watch periods and the names that were associated with them. Verse 35 of Mark 13, Watch therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning. Four periods there, perhaps the four watch periods. You'd have the evening watch, the midnight watch, the cock crowing. And by the way, if you've ever had a rooster, they start crowing really early in the morning, well before sunrise. The rooster's crowing, and then you'd have that last period of time, the morning watch. In Luke 12, verse 37, Jesus says, Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. And if he should come in the second watch or in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. Uh, so Jesus is referencing those watches. So there are many watch periods, whether it's three in the Old Testament, four in the New Testament, it's not consequential to our discussion today, but I wanted to illustrate the fact that there are watches of the night. Watches are put in the place of the night because the nighttime can be dangerous. 
The nighttime has been scary. Throughout time, it's been a dangerous time. It is a time when armies would attack. It's a time when thieves would break in and steal. And as a result, the watches were placed there to sound the alarm or the alert if there was any danger. It was dangerous to be in the night in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, in Bible times. And the nighttime is a dangerous time today, isn't it? Do you have any security lights at your house? Why would you have security lights? Because it's a dangerous time. Were you ever scared of the dark as a kid? Were you ever scared of the light? Nobody ever scared of the light. Nobody gets under their covers because it's light, unless you want to sleep a little longer. But nighttime can be scary. And then even when you're older, nighttime can be daunting, can't it? You ever wake up in the middle of the night and get worried about something that you wouldn't worry about during the daytime? Have you ever had trouble sleeping because you start working over problems in your mind that when the day breaks you realize really weren't all that big of a problem, but your mind starts to make them a big problem at night? Nighttime can still be scary as adults. And even if you aren't dreaming up problems to worry about at night, do you ever have trouble sleeping just because your mind is racing? You wake up and your mind is in gear and you can't turn it off to go back to sleep? Nighttime doesn't have to be scary or stressful because God said in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, You'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you, Isaiah writes. And that's a promise that is valid 24 hours of day. That our minds can be at peace. That God will keep us in perfect peace if we'll keep our mind stayed on Him. But that's going to require us to take control of our thoughts. We're not going to be able to allow our thoughts to have free reign. We have to take control of our thoughts. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We have to take control of our thoughts. We have to take them captive. And I have to take them captive whether it's daytime or nighttime. Because God has given us not a spirit of fear, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. I have to take control of my thoughts. And so when I wake up in the middle of the night, and I begin to work over those thoughts that may be stressful or scary, I need to make sure that I'm keeping my thoughts in order. And David writes about his nighttime routine in the 63rd Psalm that Joseph read for us. Beginning of verse 6. And I think this nighttime routine will help us when we're having trouble sleeping at night. When maybe we are tempted to get stressed about certain things. When we are tempted to start letting our thoughts run wild at night. Maybe we can follow the pattern that David sets for us here in Psalm 63. Beginning of verse 6. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. 
Your right hand upholds me. David, in the night watches, in that time of darkness, David has a routine that he's going through. And I think it can help us as we deal with those night watches in our lives. I want to suggest to you that the next time you can't sleep, that you can do like David and you can meditate on God. David says in verse 6, when I remember you on my bed. Problems can seem pretty big at night, can't they? Simple things can seem really big and stressful. I've found myself waking up at night thinking about things that need to be done around the house that aren't really that big, but they, at night they seem like huge big problems of maintenance things that I need to do. And talk about other problems that can seem really big at night. The night itself can seem big, but God is bigger. And we need to remember Him at night and think about Him. Nighttime is a good time to spend thinking about how great our God is. Think about how He is omniscient. Think about how He knows everything about us. He knows what's on our mind. He knows what our concerns are. He knows what our needs are. He's omniscient. Think about that. Take comfort in that. Think about His omnipresence, how He's with us wherever we go, Joshua 1 verse 9 says. Think about how God is with us. Think about His omnipotence, how He has made extraordinary promises to us and how He can fulfill those because He's omnipotent. Think about how these traits of God are a blessing to us. Think about how God created the world, the universe, just by saying the word. Can you imagine that? Didn't take any hammers or nails. Didn't take any tools or raw materials. All he did was say the word, and the world was created. It's dark. It's nighttime. And your mind is tempted to make problems bigger than they are. Think about how big God is. Think about how powerful He is. Think about how big the universe is. Think about how Grant can help shoot rockets out into space at thousands of miles an hour, and they can't even get to the edge of it. And God's bigger than that. Think about God. Think about the wonderful things that He's done that are recorded for us in the Bible. Take some time on your pillow when you can't sleep to think about all the wonderful things that we know about God and what He's done. All of the Red Sea. He parted the Jordan River. He's in control of the weather as is demonstrated multiple times throughout the Bible. He's cured diseases. He's raised the dead. He's in control of the world leaders and governments. Think about that. This is what the psalmist did in, in Psalm 77, verse 11. Psalm 77, verse 11. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will also meditate on all your work and talk of, of your deeds. The psalmist is thinking about what God has done. And we need to take time to think about our God that we serve, and how big and magnificent and wonderful He is, and the wonderful things that He has done. And your pillow is a great place to do that at night when you can't sleep. 
When you think about all that, uh, about God, you have a lot to think about, and you can think about that in the night watches, when it's quiet, when there aren't distractions, when you can't sleep. When you can't sleep, think about God's Word. Meditate on God's Word. Meditating on God demands that we meditate on His Word. His Word needs to be on our minds at all times. But I tell you, when we wake at night or when we can't sleep at night, we need to be meditating on God's Word. That's what the psalmist did in Psalm 119, verse 148. Psalm 119, verse 148, Word. Through the night watches that I may meditate on your Word. My eyes are awake maybe even intentionally here, so that I can have time to think about your word throughout the night watches. Think about God's word. God's word needs to be on our mind all, at all times because it's that important. It is, after all, God's mind revealed to us, as we've talked about so many times recently. We have God's mind. It is His will for us in our lives. It's our instruction book on how to live a life that's pleasing to Him. And since he loves us and he wants our good, then this instruction book is our guide so that we can have the best life both here and in eternity. And so we should think about it all throughout the day. We should be thinking about it as we go about our daily activities, but I'm telling you, we also need to be thinking about it at night when we can't sleep. Joshua 1, verse 8. Joshua 1, verse 8 the Israelites were told, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Joshua is telling the people then, think about it during the day, but also think about it at night. But I want to tell you, you can't meditate about something that you don't know. You can't meditate about something you don't know. Meditating is different than studying or reading. Meditating is thinking over something that you know. I have never meditated about nuclear physics. I couldn't meditate about nuclear physics if I wanted to meditate about nuclear physics because I don't know anything about it. And I can't meditate about God's... you got to know it. And you also have to love it, don't you? You don't meditate about things that you don't love. You meditate about things that you love. And you think about how wonderful they are. About 11 o'clock in the morning, I start to meditate about lunch, about what I want to eat. And I can go to Nikki and say, hey, Nikki, have you given any thought about lunch? And she, yeah, I'm thinking about this, because she likes to think about that too. And you probably do as well, don't you? But I tell you, we're not meditating about things that we don't like. I've never asked Nikki, are you thinking anything about lunch? She said, yeah, I'm meditating about, I'm thinking about anchovies or liver. No, you think about things you like and you love. And so it is with God's Word. We need to know it, we need to love it, and that will help us to meditate on it. In Psalm 1, verse 2, Psalm, or sorry, Psalm 1, verse 1 and 2. Psalm 1, beginning verse 1, Blessed is the man who walks, not in the counsel of the ungodly, 
nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. The righteous man loves God's word. And he meditates on it both day and night. Psalm 119, verse 97. Psalm 119, verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. The next time you can't sleep, the next time you're having trouble going to sleep, meditate on God's word and you'll have lots to think about. Meditate on how God has helped you and cares for you. David did that as well. As he's thinking about God in the night watches, look at verse, uh, verse 7. Psalm 63, verse 7, Because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. God had been his help. I'll tell you, when we can't sleep, we need to think about how God has helped us. God has been with us throughout our lives, hasn't he? And he's helped us with the big challenges that we didn't know how we were going to overcome. God helped us overcome those challenges. And we need to stop and remember that. God has helped us. And He cares for us. And the imagery here is that of a mother bird protecting her young with her wings. He says, therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. Have you ever watched a mother bird on the nest with her little birds underneath her, but she's got her wings shadowing them where you can't even see those birds? Because she's protecting those birds. She's caring for those birds. And there's warmth under her wings, no doubt, and comfort for those birds to know that their mother is over them, protecting them. And that's how it is with God. We're under the shadow of His wing. There's comfort there. There's protection. There's security. And we need to stop and think about that. But I'll tell you, if we don't stop and remember how God has helped us, as David is doing there in the first part of the verse, we won't be able to take any comfort in the fact that He'll protect us in the future. And we won't be able to rejoice, will we? Unless we stop and remember how much God has helped us. We need to stop. And we need to take an inventory of all the times that God has helped us. Instead of just going from one fire to the next, to the next, to the next, and constantly looking to the next thing, we need to stop and look back and realize how much God has helped us in the past. Stop. Take time to think about how God has helped us. And your pillow is a great place to do that. When there's not any distractions. When you can think things through. Think about how God has taken care of us. Think about what God has done. In Psalm 42, verse 8, in Psalm 42, verse 8, the Lord will command His loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night His song shall be with me, a prayer to the God of my life. God's taking care of us during the daytime. At night, take some inventory of that. Take some time to be thankful. Take some time to rejoice in the care that God has given us and the care that He has promised us. Think about being under the shadow of that wing. That's a comforting thought. Could you go to sleep knowing that you're under that wing of God? Would that help you relax? 
and go to sleep. Think about all that God has done and how he cares for you, and you'll have a lot to think about. If you can't sleep, I want to tell you, you also need to follow David's advice, what he did at night, and you need to meditate on how you're going to follow God. David goes on in verse 8 and says, My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. David says that his soul was following close behind God. When we're awake at night, whether we can't fall asleep or we wake up in the middle of the night, we need to stop and think about how we're doing in our walk with God. We need to think about areas where we need to make improvements. We need to take an inventory and ask ourselves, are we doing what we need to do? Are there areas where we can do better? And where can I improve to be more like God would have me to be? Are we following after God? Or are there areas where we can do better? And if there are areas that we're going to do better, think about how can we do better? What are we going to do different? Are we really following close behind God? Nighttime's a great time for self-reflection. In Psalm 4, verse 4, Psalm 4, verse 4, the psalmist says, Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. At night, on your bed, meditate. How are you doing? Are you doing what God says for you to do? Are you living the way that God says for you to live? And how are you going to do better? How are you going to make changes? What steps are you going to take? Where are the opportunities for you to do better? Think about that on your bed. The psalmist says, and as you do that, don't forget the resolutions you make when the morning breaks. It's easy to forget, isn't it? We wake up, and now there's things to do, and off we go to the races. But remember the things that you thought about. Think about how you're going to follow God. And finally, this morning, in the night watches when you can't sleep, we also need to do as David did, and we need to meditate on how God will help us to remain faithful. The psalmist doesn't stop with just looking at how he needs to improve. He also took time to think about God's right hand upholding him in verse 8. We need to stop and think about this as well. God has promised us that we can be faithful. God has promised us that he will help us be faithful. And in the night watches, we need to think about this as well. God's right hand is upholding us. God will help us to be what he wants us to be. We can easily become overwhelmed, and especially at night when we start to think about all the wickedness that's around us. And we can be overwhelmed thinking, how can I remain pure in this wicked world? How can I live faithful to get to me from every of this wickedness that is around me with the devil who seems like he's trying to get to me from every angle, trying to constantly attack me? How can I do this? How can I be faithful to God? Maybe I can't. Maybe I ought to just give up. That might be the thought you might have at night when things seem to be worse than they are. But David was confident that God's right hand was upholding him to help him be what he needed to be. And we need to have that confidence as well, that God will uphold us with his right hand. I still remember when I was a kid, 
the guy across the street. He was a little bit older than us, and he had a bike with a banana seat on it. And he decided he was going to help us learn how to ride our bike. And he had mastered it already in the few years extra that he had lived than us, and he was going to teach us how. And I remember him running behind us with his hand on that banana seat. You know, had the, they had a little handlebar behind that seat. He'd grab a hold of that handlebar. And when he had a hold of that handlebar, I wasn't going to fall. God's got a hold of us with his right hand. And if we'll be faithful to him, he'll help us to be what we need to be. And we need to remember that. God will hold us with his right hand. We can be faithful. We can be faithful because of the God that we started thinking about when we couldn't sleep, who was bigger than this universe, and he's bigger than any foe that we face. 1 John 4, verse 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. God will help us. And when we can't sleep, we need to think about that. David gives us some things to think about in the night watches. When we can't sleep, when we wake up we and have trouble going back to sleep, think about some of these things. Think about, about his and about how wonderful he is and all the wonderful things he's done. Think about his word. Think about how God has helped you and how he cares for you. Think about how you will follow God and think about how God will help you to remain faithful. Nighttime can be a dangerous and scary time. But children of God who are focused on Him can have great comfort in the night watches. Psalm 63, verse 6 again. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. And Isaiah 26, verse 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Our mind needs to be stayed and focused on God. But I want to tell you that thinking about God doesn't cause comfort for everyone. In fact, thinking about God can cause fear. Thinking about God for you this morning might be causing you fear because you realize you're not in a right relationship with Him, that you've not been doing what He says to do. And if you can't meditate about God and have comfort in that, then you need to make correction to that, and you need to do that now. If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, you haven't become one yet, have you submitted to what Jesus said to do in Mark 16, verse 16? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Have you put on Christ in baptism? If you haven't, there's no better time than right now. Or if you've become a Christian, but you've, as we talked about in our Bible study this morning, you've been overcoming a sin and you need to be restored. Could we help you with that? If we can help you, will you let us know while we stand and sing?